Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, we've got a great one planned for you today. Lots to talk about. Some of my guests coming up later in the hour, Romana King. You know that name. She's an awesome, awesome real estate professional. She is the director of content at Zolo, but a lot of articles done by Romana over the years from Money Sense, and always a pleasure to have her on. And we've got Minutes with the Mayor. This week, we're going up to North Bay, and I've got Mayor Al McDonald joining me. And if you're not familiar with North Bay, you know what? Go straight north, three and a half hours, and you're there. What a wonderful town, city, place that people can go and relax. Lots going on there. So we're going to hear from the mayor there, and we're going to talk about what North Bay is all about. Don't confuse it with Thunder Bay. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of you heard in the news what's going on up there with the mayor. Definitely Al McDonald's on the straight and narrow, not like the Thunder Bay mayors. Anyways, lots to talk about, of course, and I think I want to talk talk right off the hop about a question that one of my investors posed to me and it was really interesting because it's something that I don't know how many of us actually considered and I want to thank John and say hey listen thanks for the email because your question I want to try to answer for you um, what he actually brought up was the fact that if you are a landlord you own an investment property and the wind and sorry and the the uh, federal government is now going to allow uh, the sale of medical, uh, sorry, legal marijuana. So next year, when marijuana gets legalized, what happens if the next door neighbor, or for that matter, your tenant wants to start smoking it in the property? Can something be done? Are there actual physical issues? Do you have to have special fire rating? Do you have to have more ventilation? Can this create a problem? And what about if you own a condominium? So I'm going to break it down just for a minute for you because the idea of condominiums are normally their rules and regulations are in their condominium declaration and documentation that can be voted on by the owners. So if you have a property that has a lot of tenants or renters in it, then the question is, is that can the condominium turn around and say, you are not allowed to smoke uh, marijuana on the property? Well, first and foremost, you can also get into a human rights problem here because legally, when the doors are closed, it's very hard to mandate what people are allowed or not allowed to do if it's not illegal and so that's the thing right now with it being illegal they can turn around police can be called there can be issues brought up you can be actually be kicked out of a building if it says that you're not allowed to do it or if it is legal you don't can get the police involved but what happens when it gets legalized so John I really uh, appreciate your uh, your question on this one because again taking a look at it will the landlord tenant board agree to turn around and allow a a landlord to kick somebody out for smoking marijuana in their property see this is the thing in your agreement of lease you can turn around and say no smokers uh, people can fight that but you can actually have a non-smoking building if the condominium declares it that way so keep in mind there are some rules and regulations that can be implemented but it's really hard to do it after the fact in other words let's say you have a 50 unit building 20 people in the building smoke can you now turn around and tell them they have to stop smoking 
No, it's a grandfathered rule. So unless it was actually uh, implemented right from the get-go on the condominium itself, you cannot limit somebody if they actually are doing something already and it's a pre-existing condition. So again, this one's going to be interesting how it, uh, it unfolds. And I'm pretty sure that this is going to become a point of contention in uh, well, maybe a year from now. And we'll have to wait and see. So I'll keep everybody up to date on that and find out if there's any rulings or any complaints that end up being issued for this exact problem. Again, right now, being illegal, you can call the police and a lot of times they'll knock on the door and say, hey, look, you can't do it in common areas, but it's really tough for people to uh, to tell you what you can and can't do in your unit. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see that one and, and how it plays out. So a lot of headlines in the news this week. Of course, the stuff that, you know, I'm pretty sure raises everybody's eyebrows. Markets are falling, you know, condominiums are up. What is with that? There is so much going on in the marketplace. You know, right now we're watching that they're telling us that the market is still turning down a little. Our numbers are off. Let's say about 7% from the previous month, 4.7 from June to mid-July. So we're probably going to be down about 7% by the end of July. Now, the real question here is is the fact that the market is actually up year over year by almost 7 to 8% year over year. So 2016, take your price, 8% increase. That's where we sit today. Are we going to hit bottom? And when are we going to hit bottom? So the one thing that I want everybody to, uh, to realize that we are now in a standard summer market. These numbers may see a little, seem a little artificially low to you because we've actually returned to a normal market, meaning that the month of July has always historically been a slower month as well as August. The real numbers always come year over year, and that's the one that we've got to keep our eye on. Just because we went through a peak in the month of March where the numbers were at their highest into about mid-April, we can't keep weighing back to that number because again, fluctuation in market is what matters. Remember, if you're a speculator, this is not a good time. You've got to wait till you hit a little bit lower before you start speculating on the return. Where's the return going to come? Well, it was interesting because CMHC turns around and that's the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation is saying that they think it's going to be short-lived this downturn. In fact, they released a statement this past week saying that due to supply constraints and a stronger economy, they think that it should pick up again relatively shortly. So, okay, so there's the one thing. Now, the next thing that we hear in the wings that the the lenders are now considering uh, doing a stress test to people that are conventional buyers. Keep in mind that uh, last year they implemented a stress test for anybody that was a high ratio buyer. And a high ratio buyer is somebody with less than 20% down. So the you would have to qualify at a higher interest rate, so a posted rate. So if the posted rate was 4.7, of course, discounts, everybody's saying that, you know, oh, we get a mortgage for 2.8. But your stress test had to show that you could carry the debt. Now, That was for the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation because they were the insurers of these mortgages. What they're now saying is potentially the government wants to intervene to cool it even further and throw in a stress test for those people with more than 20% down. This is where I'm going to turn around and agree with some of the economists. And there's a lot of them weighing in on this saying the government needs to back off. And I would have to say that they do not need to put a stress test if somebody's at 20% down, 
especially in a market that they're now coming into. So the market's already come off that that feverish peak a fair bit. You know, we are probably down almost 25-30% in some marketplaces from the peak. So why are why is the government continuing to get involved? Do they want to turn around and flatten the market? So what is the motivation? Because they think it's going to crash. I think when you have 20% down on a property, um, I think the idea that you want to put a stress test to those people, I think is probably out of line. And what they should do is wait at least another eight months for everything else that has been put into place to see where everything rests. Because there is that tipping point where they can go too far and you can crash a market. And if the government wants to take responsibility for crashing a real estate market and affect all Canadians and their actual holdings, then so be it. Then we've got the wrong government in place and they have to be replaced. And speaking about replacing the government, what a great round table this week on, uh, it was uh, Dave Trafford who had uh, Kathleen Wynne on and Jerry Agar. And I know uh, Jerry went all guns a-blazing on the premier, and I have to agree, uh, you know, good for him for doing it. Um, I would have liked the topic, actually, to have been flipped around and gone after the real estate approach. And why are you implementing so many rules and regulations in one shot? Why couldn't have you taken your time and actually gauged up to see what actually works? So, you know, good for good for them to have that round table. Um, and again, uh, Jerry's always great to listen to. I, I like the fact that you know he didn't let the uh, let the uh, premier off the hook whatsoever. So good for him for doing it. And ultimately, in the end, I would love to have the conversation myself with with uh, Miss Wynn and ask her why do you have to go at, at the economy sixteen different ways to affect real estate values? Are you that desperate for the vote of a millennial who's trying to buy a property right now and try to get their vote so you get reelected? Because the fact is, is that you've now affected so many people that might be retiring in the next year or two that were counting on on disposing of their primary residence and that money would help fund their retirement and at this point if somebody is taking a two or three hundred thousand dollar hit on a property because of what you feel is to be a fair market housing uh, approach then why what are you going to do to help them recover their losses when it comes down to retirement sorry most of my listeners know that i've got a real bee in my bonnet on this um they should have let the market do it naturally i think all of us should agree that if you let a market do it naturally, it would have come off on itself, all by itself. And again, the Bank of Canada raising the interest rates by a quarter point, that's okay. And you know what? That in itself, we'll see what kind of effect it's going to take over the next little while. So you know what? A real bee on my bonnet uh, on that one. And I'm happy if any time the Premier would like to have a conversation with me, I would love to find out where she thinks she's going with the real estate market here on Ontario. You know what? How about you make it a little easier for people to be able to, to build. This is one of the reasons why we're seeing the run-up in the condominium market right now. And by all means, you know what, the condominiums will continue to go up because there's less and less of them being built. And so it's going to be a little bit tough to find out what's going on. Also, um, the idea that uh, that impact taxes and land transfer tax, you know, gee, let's lower the price. Guess what you get? Less land transfer tax. Oh, wait a minute. That's a provincial income. Ah, okay. 
it's there. Why don't you shoot yourself in the foot while you're at it? So listen, uh, as I said just uh, a little bit earlier, I've got some great guests joining me. Coming up after the break, I have Romana King. She's going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking from the west to the east coast and what's going on in Canadian real estate. And make sure you stay put for Minutes with the Mayor a little bit later on in the hour. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, and I'll be back right after this. And welcome back. As I had mentioned just before the break, uh, my next guest is somebody that you should be familiar with. Uh, fortunately for us, we uh, we have her on every once in a while as a guest here at Simply Real Estate. And it is Ramana King, and she is Director of Content at Zolo. And welcome back to the show, Ramana. Hey, Todd. How are you? Good, thanks. Hey, listen, you know, I, I keep meaning to ask this, and, and, and I keep forgetting each time we do a segment. And perhaps you can maybe tell our listeners what Zolo is? About five or six years ago, when there was a few tech disruptors, um, think Redfin, not Redfin, sorry, Redpin and uh, Jucasa, Zolo also launched, and they launched on the West Coast rather than in Toronto. And so for five or six years, they've been slowly plugging away at being a tech disruptor in this segment of the Canadian economy, real estate. Um, and what they've done is they've actually built up Canada's largest independent uh, brokerage, and uh, they've also created a far more responsive um, and a more unique uh, business model, kind of like a Zillow slash Zucasa business model, where you've got um, agents, uh, but they're focused primarily on customer service. So we're focused on just trying to get the best data to customers. Excellent. And yeah. uh, now you've been there for a little while. Of course, most people will remember you as, you know, editor, author in a lot of real estate articles that are out floating around. And um, now being out West, you know, you're kind of our eyes on the West Coast. Um, how about let's start West. We'll move East as we normally do. There's lots for you and I to talk about. So much going on. Uh, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of the market awareness and something that's going on with the governments. How is is BC faring right now in the real estate world? Well, we all thought that after the foreign buyer's tax was introduced last August, very quick implementation, we thought the market was going to crash. And there appeared to be some movement towards that. There was all of a sudden a drop-off in transactions, sales plummeted for a couple of months, uh, prices on homes actually did plummet. You could see it right into sort of October when things actually finally transacted. Um, but the reality is, is that any speculative concern, any concerns by market movers um, were suddenly allayed and eventually, you know, by the start of 2017, we saw those buyers come back. So even the foreign buyers have actually come back into Vancouver um, a lot of people are saying, oh, no, it's not that primary place for foreign buyers. It still is. Richmond is close second. Um, foreign buyers still considered a strong place to buy, but there's still pent-up demand by local residents to try and get into the market. Yeah, interesting. Because, you know, you're pretty much coming up on the anniversary of the implementation on the foreign buyer tax. And so, you know, there's that wave. And everybody's been talking about it. And we just weren't sure if, you know, Vancouver's prices are going to return um, if we if we were gauge June to June so 2016 to 2017 was there much of a discrepancy in price 
Yes. So a year ago, we looked at all detached homes in the Metro Vancouver area. You were looking at about an average sale price of about two points. And now you're looking at about, at about 2.4 million. So it's, it's a 9% drop in, in prices. That's significant. It's significant for, you know, any market. The, the reason why we're not getting massive headlines on this is because it's still 2.4 million. It's still a very expensive market. The thing is, is that relative value is relative, right? 2.4 versus 2.7 million. That's $300,000 back in your pocket. You didn't have to spend on housing. Yeah. Now, an an interesting point because you know you had that incredible run up back in the spring of 2016. It's not different than Toronto's run up in this year. And and you know you and I are going to talk about Toronto. I want to finish off with Vancouver. But it, interestingly enough, you know, do you think that the Vancouver market will continue to edge up? So those people that hit the peak of that market, which was basically, I think your peak price came in around that you know May, June, and July 2016. Do you think we'll get back to that anytime soon? Well, I mean, until there is some external factor, no one's really going to change what's happening in the residential real estate marketplace. So what do I mean by an external factor? Is there an economic incentive for people to get or get in? Are incomes rising, so therefore they want to get in, lock in at low rates to a housing situation and not have to worry for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Um, Or is there a huge economic shift where people have lost their jobs? I really don't see any massive changes until we start seeing some external uh, economic reason. And that could include higher interest rates. Right now, we're seeing a very slow, lethargic uptick, and there's going to be more. But I think it's going to be slow enough that people will respond and there won't be a massive blip in the market. Right. Um, you know, it, it was interesting because when you, when we follow the numbers out in BC, you know, again, you know, we talked a lot about the foreign buyers. There was a presence, you know, a fairly strong presence that was driving your market for so many, uh, you know, so many months, especially. Now, the fact is now the foreign buyers are kind of returning and they're just accepting it. Um, do you think Do you think it was a smart play by the provincial government to control the real estate market? Because that's really what they're doing is they're stepping into yeah. it. And, and you and I talk about external forces all the time. This wasn't a natural effect. This was a, you know, government mandated, hey, listen, let's take the take the legs out on this market. Well, I mean, this is what people don't realize is, is that real estate does go in cycles. No matter what, real estate will at some point go down because at some point it'll go up. And that's a normal cycle for a real estate market. It typically happens anywhere from seven to 10 years that an entire cycle will occur. What we're seeing, though, we're seeing governments kind of panic because the cycle is lasting a little longer than anticipated. It isn't going down. It's been going up for, you know, what, 10 years now or roughly nine years? Sure. And so they're thinking we've got to artificially make sure this doesn't crash. That's, that's really sort of the mentality. Oh, wait, we've got to make sure it doesn't crash because too much is riding on this certain part of our economy. So what are we going to do? We're going to try and soften the, the, the decline, which is normal. That's a normal part of the real estate market. And so they're doing things like introducing foreign buyers tax, trying to eliminate certain portions of the buying market. Uh, and I think that what we have to understand is anytime we sort of metal with a normal cycle, there are going to be ramifications, right? So is it a smart thing? Economists would say absolutely not. A home buyer struggling to get in the market would say yes. It really does depend on your perspective. I tend to think that governments are often reactionary with this sort of stuff, um, so it's often not well thought out. 
Yeah. You know what? And, and speaking of not well thought out, that's a perfect segue for us to talk about the province of Ontario. And, um, you know, as, as, as I had suggested, um, you know, I would love for you to stay put, stay on, because um, we're going to go to another segment. And I'd like you to, uh, I, I want to have a good conversation with Ontario. I think, I think they're definitely, I think BC didn't quite push the limits quite as far as Ontario has. And so what do you think? Can we, uh, can you stay put we'll yeah. talk about that because I think we've got lots to talk about so Absolutely. folks so folks I've got the director of content from Zolo it is Ramana King and she's also a real estate expert when we come back we're going to talk about the market in Ontario and uh, of course one of my favorite beating horses is the government so stay with us we'll be right back and welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Romana King, and she is Director of Content at Zolo, and uh, definitely you will know the name because she has been a frequent guest here at Simply Real Estate, and it's always a real pleasure. Uh, just before the break, Romana, you and I were talking about BC, of course, and the fact that, you know, you're starting to see it spring back, um, even though, you know, year over year, your market at your peak is still down a little. Let's, uh, let, let's move East. Let's come to Ontario because, of course, this is this is where everybody, uh, our listenership, are think you know this is the center of the world, and and we need to be able to talk about real estate. Um, yes. You know, uh, right now Toronto, especially the GTA area, has felt a big um, you know change of events since the Wynn government implemented I call it the 16 gauge shotgun approach. As well, um, you know, a lot of the little things in the wings. Um, you know, what's your take on? It. You know, you're you're a great observer of these things. You're you're in in the heartbeat of everything. What do you think is actually taking place here? I think that the wind government, like many governments, is sort of concerned about that sort of run up and and that it's going to you know lead to a massive crash. And like many governments, are trying to minimize that crash component. And so by implementing all these sweeping changes, uh, she's trying to do that. What she's done is she's just escalated that that part of the cycle. So we're in that euphoric state where it's really low inventory and very high prices. I don't think anyone would deny that that's what was happening in, in GTA in Ontario. Uh, GTA in particular, but the Golden Horseshoe. You know, very low inventory, very high prices, astronomical prices, euphoric state, top of the market. We know that at some point it's going to go down. It doesn't necessarily mean a crash. It just goes down. That's the cycle. And then wind comes in with all these changes and forces that down. So what are we seeing now? We're seeing lots of houses sit on the market and that's pushing prices down. That's the normal real estate cycle. It's just that wind's uh, implementation of all these policies has just prompted that to, to occur now. And we're looking at it, and it's from such a huge high to what's happening now. And with condos, we're seeing a lot of the people run into the condo market because houses are, seem uncertain now. They seem overpriced. Yeah, it's interesting because now, you know, right now, right now the market in the condominium market has now surpassed 500000 as an average sale price. The builders have just done, you know, a bunch of releases in May and June. Those numbers are way up. Uh, you know, we're looking year over year. The price of condos has, has gone up drastically. But d- despite the fact, if we go back to the resale aspect of things, you know, that market has fallen off as far as the number of properties being sold. And yet the prices, yes, we're seeing, we're, we are seeing a slight decline, unfortunately. 
unfortunately, you know, one of the things I, I think maybe you and I can both recognize is that we've never seen a real estate market where they are almost daily reporting numbers. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's like, you know, I, I every single morning, it's like, I've got a new number. And in the first, you know, eight and a half days of the market in July, it is down this much. I, I've never seen them, you know, micromanage real estate as they are today. I think what's happening is we've, we're sort of, in, from a mental perspective, we're finally catching up to the idea that real estate is a commodity. It is traded and sold for profit. And, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, this, that just wouldn't have been the mentality for most people. There were always people investing. But for most people, for the average Joe and Jane, that it wasn't the case. Now for the average Joe and Jane, you know, that home purchase, that dream home is also a financial purchase. And the daily reporting on numbers just goes back to, to me, it looks like the stock market. When there's a run-up or a massive drop in a in the TSX, guess what? It's a daily, almost hourly reporting of what's happening with the numbers. And we're seeing that with real estate now. Yeah, but the, you know, it's an interesting point that you mentioned stock market because you can unload a stock a lot quicker than you typically do yeah. real estate. You know, we do, we do have a, we have a, a transactional time period. Um, you know, you can call your broker and say, hey, sell, sell my stock, you know, and they'll say, well, you can take this price and they say, fine, get rid of it. Uh, when it comes down to real estate, not quite the same thing. And, no. and, and you know, and, and so this, this, this is the thing. I think, I think what it does is it also produces more panic in a marketplace because yeah. some of these, you know, and, and here's the other thing, you know, you and I both have been, have been, you know, playing with real estate for so long. This, we are now in a summer market and it's actually back more to a natural market. I remember having a conversation with you last year and the year before we were talking about the fact that we'd never seen a July and August so strong. It's like the gas pedal was to the floor the entire summer. But now, you know, we, we typically would use, use the summer as kind of a rest period. Everybody would kind of say, mm-hmm. okay, the only people that were for sale were the people that had to sell. You know, this is normally that cycle of real estate out of the 12 months that, you know, slows down. We are starting to feel that, but now this is adding further panic to the numbers and the people out there. Um, you know, but I think we're, t- we're actually becoming a little bit more normal again. I would absolutely agree with you, Todd. Absolutely. And I think that that's part of the problem is people assume that everything that's going on is part of this, you know, is it going to crash sort of mentality. And the reality is, is the cycle just continues the way it is. And the speculators, and that's how we've seen it in the stock market. People panic. They do a massive sell-off. The plummets, and the people that actually know what they're doing say, great, I'm going to buy now because there's actually nothing wrong with the fundamentals on this. So I'm going to buy and I'm going to hold and I'm going to make my money. You know, we look at average days on market and that's one of the ways I like to see prices. And I think prices will continue to go down in Toronto. I think that's the, the natural trajectory right now. Will it crash? No. There's a huge, massive external economic reason. I don't think it'll crash. But the average days on market for, for homes right now has gone from 20 days to 26 days in the $2.5 million range. If you look at the one to two two and a half million range, it's from 14 days to 21 days. So last year, they were on the market for about two weeks. Now they're on the market for three weeks. And people panic. They think that extra week means the market is grinding to a halt. It's going to crash. It's not. It's just a normal part of the cycle. What this is doing is this is saying, listen, it's returning more to a balanced market. There's more time for buyers to pick and choose. Sellers have to be more realistic about their prices. 
Yeah, you know, and that's a really good point, and and I'm glad you brought it up because back in 1990 and 91, when the market had crashed and everybody was you know you know trying to get back or or try to figure out what to do, you know, houses were on the market for 180 days, uh, you know, 250 days, yeah. and and so and and again, I think this is that that false part of what people have experienced over the last you know few years. It's like everybody should have a multiple offer, everybody needs a foreign buyer to drive the price up. Everything should sell the day they put it on. They don't need open houses. Agents have to don't have to work any longer because it's just natural. Just get the listing and it's sold. You know, like I think that what happens is that people forget. You know, the last eighteen months was that was not a normal market by any stretch. Even in a strong market, it was still very rare for what we were experiencing. But everybody thinks that's the norm. And now, as you said, you know, you go from two weeks to three weeks on the market and the sky is falling. But yet. The prices year over year, it's from July 2016 to 2017, still up 7%. That's still not a bad increase if we go year over year and we're in a declining market. Absolutely, I would agree with you. And again, it, it boils back to that perception. And I think that's one of the reasons why media is sort of doing a daily report and why boards are trying to put out you know, numbers on a daily basis. I think they're trying to help people understand that what we're in is a fairly normal market. It just seems extreme because it's, it's, it's so quick. A lot of the reasons why it's quick is because we've had artificial um, you know, impetus. We've had different regulations by different governments come in to try and sway and change the market. And that's why from a purely economist point of view, it's not always a wise thing to come in and meddle with something that's on a, its natural trajectory. Yeah, a great point because you know you and I talked about uh, Vancouver last year, and you know we thought it had peaked in May, and and was actually on a bit of a decline. You know, watching the numbers, you could see that the the, the market started to sputter. Well, in Toronto, that same thing. You know, right around February, March, we knew everybody was fed up, and it was kind of like that. The last ditch buyers were doing it, and then all of a sudden they come in, they implement this you know foreign buyer tax and a whole slew of other things that are making it a little bit more difficult, and all of a sudden now it's like, oh, well, it's all the wind government. Well, I, I think it also was a natural market that was going to say enough is enough. And we had hit the peak naturally. But now, you know, you've, you've got the government putting their foot on the throat of the actual uh, the actual market. I think this, again, boils back to if you're in, in the market to either invest or to buy a home or sell a home, it's really not about timing the market. It's about, you know, a lot of people assume that if they don't sell in the spring and they don't get an extra 100000 that they haven't made good money. And we're naturally set up psychologically to, to miss loss rather than look at the gain. You bought it 200000 and you're selling it 700000 yeah. <laughs> You've got half a million gains. But you're not taxed on because it's your principal residence if you're, buying, if you're selling your home. So, you know, we get upset because we didn't, get, didn't sell it for 800000 We feel like we left money on the table. No, if you're not timing the market and you're doing something based on your own financial plan, and that, again, that boils down to investing as well, um, you, you know, you're not going to lose. It's not about chasing that return. Or about, that's the, the worst mentality you can look at when it comes to real estate because there are massive transactional costs. It's yeah. a harder investment to offload quickly. You're not supposed to offload it quickly. If you'd want to invest in REITs, you know, yeah. <laughs> get into something that's meant for this. Sure. Excellent. Well, listen, Romano, always a pleasure to have you on and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Todd. Always a pleasure. That was Romano King, Director of uh, Content at Zolo. And you definitely, you know, you'll see all sorts of articles written by Romano and they're always fabulous. Hey, listen, when I come back, I've got minutes with the mayor and guess where we're going? Well, we're going to North Bay. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
And welcome back. So for those of you that are just tuning in, uh, now is our segment called Minutes with the Mayor. And I decided to go a little bit further north of the GTA uh, today. And one of the areas that I've always been impressed with, uh, not just from real estate values, but just an overall feeling, a great city. And it is the city of North Bay. So if you're heading up north on the 400, take Highway 11, keep going, and you'll be there in just over three hours and so joining me now is the mayor of north bay mr al mcdonald and mr mayor welcome to the show thank you very much and hello everyone i don't know how many of our listeners are very familiar with north bay you are a second term mayor up there i know you've uh, you've been doing a lot of very proactive things perhaps you can introduce north bay to our listeners yeah, no, absolutely. We're very proud of our city. Uh, we get confused with Thunder Bay a lot, um, and you're right. Uh, we are about three hours and 15 minutes uh, by highway. Uh, we have a 10,000-foot runway, uh, four-lane all the way. Uh, we're about 54,000. We're bordered between uh, two lakes, Lake Nipissing, which is gigantic, uh, shallow, about 30 feet uh, deep, uh, all sand, great sailboard, uh, sail sailing lake, uh, uh, fishing, uh, sports. Uh, Trout Lake is the other lake that we're bordered by. It's very deep. It's about 300 feet, but you can drink the water right out of the lake. That's how clean it is. Uh, but what's really cool about Trout Lake, it's a, it's a lake where you can uh, swim and have triathlons and, and, and basically pleasure boat. You can jump in your boat and go for beer or wings or to fine dining. Um, just a tremendous uh, city that, uh, uh, you know, it's probably the best kept secret in Ontario, and, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> you know, Mr. Mayor, I, uh, I spent a fair bit of time up there. Um, I'm, I'm an avid investor, you know, in, in the northern cities, of course, and North Bay being one of them. And one of the things I'm not sure if everybody is aware of is, first and foremost, you've got some great education facilities, uh, you know, newer hospital. You do employ quite a few people up in North Bay. Can you elaborate for us and give our listeners kind of a little bit more defined, you know, image of it? You know, Absolutely. So we uh, we do have a college and university we're very proud of, uh, Nipissing University and Canada College. It, they have about 8,000 uh, students combined. Um, our hospital is very modern. It was just opened in 2010. It employs about 2,100 uh, people. So it's, it's, it's the largest employer here in the city of North Bay. But we have a very diverse, diversified economy. Uh, our Chamber of Commerce is the third largest uh, in the province, even though we're a city of 54,000. So we're very pro-business. Um, we have NORAD here. Uh, you know, when you hear about the Russian bombers uh, uh, coming over the polar cap, it's uh, North Bay and NORAD. Rad, the base here, that actually tracks the bombers coming across. We have about 65 mining companies in the city of North Bay, and we have no mines even close. The closest mine would probably be in Sudbury. It's about an hour and 15 minutes away, uh, but very diversified, very stable, very safe. A great place to invest. What we've seen in uh, in Ontario over the last few years, we've seen an increase in values in real estate. Of course, uh, you know some some facts that have been coming out in the newspapers. North Bay, uh, uh, according to all the reports, is actually doing quite well. Um, can you kind of elaborate why people would be wanting to you know own real estate in North Bay? Uh, very solid community. Um, you know, we don't see the booms and busts 
that a lot of communities do. As, as I mentioned, we're very diversified, so a great mixture of private and public uh, sector jobs. We're at the crossroads of north and south and east and west on the uh, Trans-Canada Highway, uh, three hours from you know the largest population base in Canada. Um, very stable government. Uh, the, the city is very financially strong. Uh, we have a we have a base, uh, as I mentioned, the college, the university, the hospital, uh, all the amenities you would think of a city of maybe five hundred thousand to a million people. Uh, we've been we've been noted as having um, uh, very low taxes. Uh, we have the lowest industrial tax ratio in the province of Ontario. So it is it is a very solid and sound place to invest. Uh, right now, Oak Street, which is uh, one of our streets on uh, in our downtown core, has seen about a $50 million uh, investment in the last 18 months for uh, institutions, to private, to public. Uh, and right now, Lakefront is uh, red hot, so everybody wants to be on the lake. So to give you an example, I I live on Trout Lake and I can be at City Hall in five minutes and virtually be in the country in five minutes. So everything is close. And we always joke about uh, North Bay that if it's more than six minutes away, it's way too far to drive. So you can go home for lunch, uh, yet it's still a big city with that small city feeling. That's, I think, one of the attractions. Now, in speaking of attractions, um, are you finding that you're getting a lot of, you know, young families starting up in North Bay, perhaps, you know, they've moved away, they come back? Do you find that you're you know, getting new immigrants uh, moving into the city? Yeah, we're starting to see that trend. I've been speaking with a lot of the real estate agents here, and they're surprising me by saying, you wouldn't believe how many people are moving up from Toronto uh, to live here, young professionals. One, because you can basically work anywhere now. And secondly, with the how expensive, and I, I apologize to the people of Toronto, how expensive it is to live in Toronto, you can live in a $500,000 uh, place on the lake, you know, 3,500 square feet, and be able to get to work in five minutes. So you have a lot of family time, a lot of leisure time. Um, it is, it's a great lifestyle. And it's a very sophisticated city. It's got high tech. It's got all the amenities, the live performing arts center, uh, uh, cave trails, uh, nature trails. Uh, you can go to post-secondary education. You can actually go to the beach in five minutes or go to the ski hill, downhill ski hill in five minutes. Uh, although if you want to cross-country ski, you'll have to drive at least 12 minutes, so that's a bit of a downside. <laughs> you know, when you when you use those minutes as you're counting, uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, geez, most people can't t- do uh, one subway stop in that time period, let alone get to, you know, the areas that you have to offer. Um, with with all the events that happen in North Bay, can you uh, can you let our, our listeners know, you know, you've got some seasonal events that pop up. What are some of the things that people should come up and be attracted to? Our waterfront is probably the most spectacular that you will see. We're very proud of that. But Live, live Performing Arts Centre, uh, our Capital Centre, we're very proud. I think they only have about 30 dark nights. Um, you can ski, you can night ski in the centre of town. Uh, we have fine, fine dining, but if you like beer and wings, lots of uh, locations. Uh, two wonderful lakes that you can uh, kayak, boat, sail, uh, do anything on. Uh, you can fish. Um, 
You can uh, take courses at the college and university in the summertime. Uh, you can get tours of uh, NORAD. Um, but it's it's really our lifestyle. Like we have concerts at the waterfront uh, every Wednesday night. Um, we have Summer in the Park, which is a big festival at the long weekend in August. So I invite everybody to come up for that. Mary, Mariana Trench is headlining that. But there's just so much. There's There's something for everyone. And what you'll find is we have the most friendly people in the world. And if you stop and ask for directions, don't be surprised if our citizens will offer you a ride to the location. <laughs> so, Mr. Mayor, I would uh, I always like to ask this question of all the mayors. Um, of course, Kathleen Wynne introduced an approach to try to cool the real estate market, uh, some being more from a speculative standpoint, foreign buyer tax. Do you think that has any effect in the North Bay market, or that's really not uh, you know part of your real estate market in that area? We're always worried uh, some of the policies that come out of southern Ontario that could interfere with the northern way of life up here. I mean, we're always looking for investment and attraction, and we want to expand. Um, and But does it really uh, does it really influence our market? You could argue, arguably say there must be a little bit, but but people see the value here. So if you can... You can live on a beautiful lake three hours from the biggest city in Canada and and only spend 500000 where that uh, that uh, house would probably cost $2 million in the Muskokas and $10 million in Toronto. It gives you a sense of the value. So if, if there was any time anybody really wanted to invest in real estate, uh, I can tell you right now is the right time in the city of North Bay. Excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's been fabulous talking to you today. I greatly appreciate you coming on Simply Real Estate with me and telling our listeners more about North Bay. And, um, you know, we wish you all the best. Thank you very much and really appreciate the shout out for the city of North Bay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Mr. Mayor. Okay, take care. And it's always great to have the mayors join us. And I just want to thank Al McDonald once again. Um, you know what? It's interesting. There's so many towns, municipalities, cities throughout Ontario. And it's great that we get to visit uh, a few different ones every single week. Um, also, taking a look, I just want to thank Romana King for joining me. Always a pleasure. She is so insightful. And it's great to uh, be able to be brought up properly, up to date on the uh, on the West Coast as well. So we kind of get it from the facts from the ground. I, of course, want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. It's always a pleasure to bring Simply Real Estate Weekly to you. And remember, I'm going to be back next week at 3 p.m. right here on News Talk 1010. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. Have a great week.